0: sins against you.
1: Loving eyes on me as near his cross I stood, and never till my dying breath will I forget that look. It seemed to charge me with his death, though not a word he My conscience felt and owned the guilt. And plunge me in despair I saw my sins His blood had spilt And helped to nail him there But with a second look He said I freely offer. This blood is for your ransom paid I died that you might If you washed away my vanity, if you took No Do you? journey
2: Well, good morning. (laughs) Glad everybody's awake and ready to go this morning. Welcome to Cottonwood Bible Church. We're glad to have you with us. If you're visiting with us for the first time, if you wouldn't mind filling out the white card in the seat back in front of you, put that in the offering plate as it goes by later. That way we have a record of your visit. We would appreciate that. Some announcements this morning. Church gathering times: nine fifteen is our Bible study and Sunday school class. So if you miss that and you want to be a part of that, so show up at nine fifteen. We'll make sure you get in the right place. Ten a.m. snack fellowship is your next hall and next next door in the fellowship hall. And then this morning, the ten thirty morning service where you're at now. No fellowship meal this month, and so I, I didn't see any food over there. So I guess nobody nobody brought anything anyway. So that's good. No fellowship meal this month. We're not not having our fellowship meal. Um, and the ladies are not, you guys are meeting, you guys are meeting, so the ladies are meeting this morning, or this tonight, at 5 o'clock, right, 5 o'clock, yeah, this morning, you guys are meeting this morning too, right, so no fellowship meal this month, so save it for next month, no gospel group this Wednesday, so we will resume that next week though, and that's in your bulletin, so that's right, next week. Next week, yeah. It's in your bulletin. So, no gospel group this week. This is the last of our four weeks off. So, next week, we will start our Wednesday group. Um, and we'll give you some more announcements on that next Sunday. All right. Special call members meeting next Sunday. Jim's going to come up and talk to us yeah, about that. We're
0: not having no, no gospel group because just, you know, something weird's happening on Saturday. So, we just. Uh... Thank goodness I'm not a part of that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you're not a part of that. It's a good thing. Although, other than you officiate you know you're doing the wedding, right? What wedding? Yeah, you're doing that. What wedding? You're, 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 you're doing the wedding. You know that, right? I'll officiate it. Score! <laughs> man and wife, man and wife. <laughs> okay, anyways. <clears throat> yeah, a little thing coming up, now. Make sure you tell Jordan and Chloe. Say, "Hey, the next time you come to a Wednesday, you guys will be married." Keep telling them that. It, it, they love it. They love it. I'm sure. Um, uh, we have a special call members meeting next Sunday, so I'm announcing it today. We should have had that. Excuse me, I should have been announcing that December eighteenth and announced it again on the twenty fifth and had it uh, last uh, Sunday, January first. So I apologize for that. It's my fault. Uh, so y- for you to. Um, uh, as members vote on the fact of uh, Daniel being the church clerk and then Ellen being the treasurer I mean I don't think anyone else wants the church clerk I know all of you are just lining up to be the church treasurer you can't do that you have to have Ellen do that oh darn right yeah sure Uh, so uh, anyway so we'll we'll vote on that next week and it's really simple Um, uh, Jordan won't be here (laughs) for odd reasons Um, but uh, uh uh, is he officiating th- something? <laughs> 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 he is. <laughs> it's called his wife. Oh, okay. <coughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, um, so I'll just go ahead and just moderate that, which is just you as members voting on um, uh, Daniel being the church clerk and Ellen being the church treasurer. So we'll do that individually as members, and that's it. So And you can vote no, and then you'll have to do the treasurer. Stuff, <laughs> sorry, so. sorry. Yeah. But anyway, so that's, that's all I got for that. Do right. uh, you got something else? Yep. Oh, yeah, Sola. Yep. And
2: this is in your bulletin as well. Gospel Coalition of Arizona, the Sola 500 Conference, will take place January 20th and 21st at Trinity Bible Church in Phoenix. And there are some... Still, some little cards in the back, back there, yeah. so that you can pick those. There's up. some
0: flyers, and if you are interested, let me know because um, because we're a part of the Gospel Coalition, and we have our Northern Arizona chapter that meets up here. Um, if you are interested in going, let me know because I might be able to give you some uh, a discount on on the cost. So, much um, anyway, let me know about that. It's all right. So, and the rest is you. I oh, think. that's me. Okay, sorry. No, I didn't know. I thought no, it was I something don't. else.
2: No, I was thinking there was too, but there's not.
0: Um. Uh, just a couple of things I always like to make mention is uh, if you want more information about us as a church, the ABCs of, of CBC of, of Cottonwood Bible Church, uh, feel free to talk with me about what that means, and we'll set something up. We go, go through uh, just kind of what we value as as a church. We go through our church covenant and our doctrinal statement, which is uh, those are vital documents for us as a church. Um, so uh, get with me, and we can talk more about what that means. But one thing I definitely want to make sure that's reiterated uh, um, week in and week out, um, really uh, practically every few minutes that you understand that we want to be a church that's committed to the gospel. We want to be a church that's driven by the gospel. We want to be a church that's saturated by the gospel. The life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, repent and put your trust in him alone. That is the essence of the gospel. So that's the type of church we want to be. And if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, you don't know what it means to be a Christian, you can talk to any member. You can feel free to do that. Or you can talk with me after the service there in the lobby. I'd be more than happy to speak with you about what it means to be a Christian. So it's very important for us to really understand. That's essential for us as a church, is, is the gospel. That's what's most important for us as a church especially these days. Uh, churches are going away from the gospel and what that means, but we want to be a church that's saturated by the gospel, so we will emphasize that. We want to do that. That's all I have, Travis.
2: Amen to that. Um, if you missed anything, it's there's everything should be in the bulletin. If you didn't get one of those, you can get one off the back table or Aaron's hand on them out back there. And I believe that's all of our announcements, so let's stand as we sing together.
0: how good it is oh how good it is When the family of God Dwells together in spirit In faith and unity Where the bonds of peace Of acceptance and love Are the fruit of His presence Here among us So with one voice We'll sing to the Lord and with one heart will live out his word till the whole earth sees. The Redeemer has come, for he dwells in the presence of his people. Oh, how good is it! On this journey we share To rejoice with the happy And weep with those who mourn For the weak find strength The afflicted find grace When we offer the blessing of belonging So with one voice we'll sing To the Lord And with one heart will live out his word Till the whole earth sees The Redeemer has come For he dwells in the presence of his people Oh, how good it is TO EMBRACE HIS COMMAND TO PREFER ONE ANOTHER FORGIVE AS HE FORGIVES WHEN WE LIVE AS ONE WE ALL SHARE IN THE LOVE OF THE SON WITH THE FATHER AND THE SPIRIT SO WITH ONE VOICE WE'LL SING TO THE LORD and with one heart will live out his word till the whole earth sees. The Redeemer has come, for he dwells in the presence of his people. So with one voice we'll sing to the Lord, And with one heart will live out His word Till the whole earth sees The Redeemer has come For He dwells in the presence of His people Great God of highest heaven, occupy my lowly heart. Own it all and reign supreme. Conquer every rebel power. Let no vice or sin remain that resists your holy war. You have loved and purchased me, make me yours forevermore.
3: Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are a merciful, kind, awesome, loving, just, and jealous God. You give us mercy and grace every second of every day. Even when we feel that we are going through tough times or that we don't deserve the trials you place in our lives, you are giving us mercy and grace. You show us the grace by giving us another day to live. You show us your grace by giving us oxygen to breathe, by having our loved ones and your body, the church, surrounding us. And we so often take all of this for granted. Lord God, your mercies do not stop there. You reach out even further to love those who do not love you, to love those who would not love you unless you loved them first. Without you, God, we will all reject you, despise your leadership, and blaspheme your great name. Lord God, You sent your Son, Jesus Christ, who lived the perfect life where we could never live, who died the death we all deserve to die, and rose Him from the grave to show your power over Satan and death itself. You call to your elect. You call us to repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and the sacrifice He laid down. Lord God, let us accept this gospel message. Let us take this message of great news and proclaim it to all peoples, that your elect may find you and glorify your name. Thank you for giving us the ability to be involved in this process as your church. For through it, we ourselves grow to love you more. Protect us as a church to be strong in the faith and let us have the courage to protect your gospel message with our very lives. It's by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I do pray this, amen.
0: Amen. Please remain standing. We'll read together Romans 12, verses three through eight. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another according to the grace given to us we have different gifts if prophecy use it according to the standard of one's faith if service in service if teaching in teaching if exhorting in exhortation if giving with generosity if leading with diligence if showing mercy with cheerfulness take a moment and greet each other you every hour I need you every hour most gracious Lord Sing, Speak, O oh Lord. Our Heavenly Father, that is so satisfying to us that your word is totally sufficient. It's truth, the only truth, giving us all we need to know, to love, to worship you. Thank you that we can stand on your promises. Build up your church. And you will do that So, with your promises, with your sufficient word, especially the fulfilled promise of Christ who came, who lived, who died, and who rose. So you can save sinners to bring us to yourself. Thank you, Father. God, this time, Father, this time we pray for Carolyn. We thank you for the huge blessing she is, not only to us as a body, collectively as a whole, but to my wife, to me, to my kids. She's a blessing to us all. Thank you for displaying your steadfast love for her. Keep assuring her of that great deep love you have for her because she's in Christ. Help her to be confident of your faithfulness your sovereignty and your forgiveness in your son teach her to number her days making the most of them for the glory of your name we pray for family members that within her immediate and extended family they need to know Christ may you work in their hearts turn them to the gospel Thank you for the churches that we can pray for in our area specifically. We pray for Village Park Baptist. It was a blessing to see Randy last week and his family. At this time as they're meeting together as a local church, satisfy them with your steadfast love that comes to them in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. May they sing for joy and rejoice this morning in your gospel of grace. May they dwell in your shelter. May they abide in your shadow, O oh Lord. Increase their trust in you, O oh Christ. Encourage them with your faithfulness that you've shown to them, and Randy's been here 13, 14 years, and you will show your faithfulness this year. And we pray for Randy. He needs your grace to love Kelly to continue to shepherd his kids as they get older. Give him wisdom and discernment. Wisdom and discernment to shepherd your people. It's your church. Thank you for Randy's faithfulness. Protect him from the evil one. We thank you for those within our government. Specifically, we thank you for our fire departments. Camp Verde, Jerome, Verde Valley Fire District, Cottonwood. By your grace, protect them from physical harm. Keep them from pride and deceit as they save others physically. May they see their desperate need to be saved by you spiritually. Thank you for the dear brothers and sisters in Christ and the fire departments. We pray for them. Help them to remain steadfast, firm in the faith, proclaiming the good news and displaying Christ to those amongst them that work with them that don't know Christ. Use them for your glory. And I thank you that we are a part of a church. Here at this local church at Cottonwood Bible, we are committed to missions and we have such a desire and such a heart for the people, of, uh, people groups of the world. And we pray for the small country of Ecuador at this time. We, we praise you for the impact the gospel has made, especially when the Quichua still they greatly need the gospel to impact their government which is highly corrupt uh, there's such heavy poverty child labor trafficking and only the change wrought in the gospel will bring freedom and sound ethical behavior in the government amongst the people as well open hearts soften hearts especially among the young people in the universities and we pray for our brethren in Ecuador May they have confidence in the gospel. May they speak with confidence and boldness. May they unify uh, unify each other around the gospel. May they have a passion for missions for their own people, especially amongst the kichwa. Keep them from false teaching. That's making its headway into Ecuador. Help them to stay solid in the gospel. Mature your church, Jesus, in your word, especially in the jungle churches. Improve the availability and quality of pastoral training there. They need it so desperately there in Ecuador. And we also pray that as the IMB is sending missionaries there, Send more of us to go to minister to our brethren and the people who need to hear the gospel, the saving news of Jesus Christ. And for us who are gathered here this morning in this building, as we await, await your return, Lord Jesus, change us that we will be a healthier, stronger church in this small little city and we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Your name, Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, if you take your Bibles... And turn to First Peter or one Peter chapter four back in First Peter. We've taken a break for quite a few weeks from that, and we'll finish it up first <clears throat> Peter, the end of this month. And then I'm going to start a study of the book of Exodus. I'm go to the Old Testament, back into the Old Testament, and that'll be fun. And Exodus. So look forward to that so 1st Peter chapter 4 oh if you're visiting with us sorry um, that black bible in the chair in front of you uh, towards the back 182 182 you'll find 1st Peter 4 today we'll do verses 7 through 11 I'll read the passage then we'll dive in Verse 7, The end of all things is near. Therefore be of sound judgment and sober for the purpose of prayer. Above all, be constant in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a gift, employ it in serving one another as faithful stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks as it were the words of God, whoever serves as by the strength which God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and power forever and ever, amen. Uh, This past Christmas, a little before Christmas actually, uh, my kids got that Little flu, nasty flu, cold thing, and so you know, there's a few of them. They were kind of sitting on the couch, uh, uh, you know, just watching movies type thing. Well, they were watching uh, 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 this one movie, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, and uh, w- there's short little segments in this long movie. I mean, they had little movies amongst the big one. And one of them, Donald's three nephews had to constantly live Christmas Day. I mean, it kept coming and coming. Like, a, you ever seen a ground hall day with Bill Murray? It's kind of like that. Until they understood it was about giving and being grateful. Well, I'm bringing this up because what they knew was going to happen the next day was Christmas. They knew the future, and at first they were like, oh, this is great, Let's blah, blah, blah. And then they said, wait a second, what are we doing the next day will come, which will be Christmas. Everything changed for them. And, and their whole conduct changed because they knew what was coming to the future. What if you knew the future? Would that change how you lived or acted? What if you knew you would contract cancer this year? Your doctor's appointment is coming up in March. And the doctor says, you know, I have some terrible news for you. You've contracted cancer. I give you three to six months to live. How would that change the way you treated people? How would that change the way you live your life? Would it change the way you live? Why? How? As Christians, we know the future, don't we? We know that Jesus wins in the end. And we get to be with him when he wins. And that knowledge should change the way we live our lives. Shouldn't it? It should change the way we treat each other. It, it should change the way we serve. It should change our thinking. It should change our words. It should change our actions. As we'll see here in, in this passage, it's exactly where Peter's going. First Peter, we've seen how by God's grace, we are called to be wise, winsome weirdos in this wicked world. They'll think of us as weirdos because we follow this guy named Jesus who died on a cross and we believe and evidence attains to the fact that he resurrected from the dead. They think you're a nutcase because you believe in that and you live like that. But that's what Peter calls us to do. Be a weirdo. And here in verses Excuse me, chapter 4, 7 through 11, we're going to see a Christian weirdos. We live for future grace. And I take that future grace from chapter 1, verse 13, where Peter says, Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The future grace we're talking about is his second coming. Christian weirdos. We live for future grace. We live with future grace in mind. We know the future. It changes the way we live. Here's a statement for you. Because of God's future grace coming at Jesus' return, Christians will be wise winsome weirdos in this wicked world. They will live drastically different lives in four different ways. Jesus will return so watch unto prayer show love display hospitality use your gifts all for God's glory there's the message in one sentence let's close in prayer no, no, no. as a result of the fact that Jesus Christ will return Peter's going to give us four ways to live within the new believing community As we wait for Christ to come back, we should display exemplary conduct. Because of God's grace, we're commanded to live wise, winsome, irreproachable lives. That's what we're called to do. Christ's future coming grace challenges us to watch, pray, and live different lives. Are you ready? Are you ready? for Christ to return. Are you ready for him to come back? Which, by the way, assumes that he was already here, which means he's still, which means he's alive, which means he resurrected, which means that he died, which means there was an incarnation, and all backtracks, right? This is the Jesus we believe. He will return. If you're ready, then... Let's be self-controlled, watch and pray, be constant in our love, let's be hospitable and be faithful stewards of the gifts God has given to us all for his glory. That's what he's gonna bring up. That's what he's gonna talk about. So the first point he wants to drive home is Jesus will return. Verse seven, the end of all things is at hand or is near. Christ's coming is imminent not in the sense that Peter or the other writers of the New Testament expected it to happen in their lifetime. You'll you'll read about that in some commentaries. You even watch that on the Historic Channel, History Channel. They'll say that the apostles thought Jesus was gonna come back right then. They really believed that. No, they just believed it was imminent. He could come back at any time. Because of all... Because all, excuse me, has already taken place, we have every reason to expect Christ to come soon. Everything has already happened. His imminent coming, it's the basis for these commands in the sense that all these things have already taken place uh, creation, fall, flood, uh, 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 Jesus has come, lived, died, he's resurrected, the kingdom has come, and the spiritual sense, now we're waiting. It's inevitable. Christ's coming, his first coming has inaugurated the last days. We are in the last days. God promises, His promises according to his plan have been accomplished. Creation, fall, flood, blah 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 blah. The goal to which all these events have been leading is done. Now there's there's one thing that's gonna happen that's gonna kick into cure all the other things that are gonna take place. Jesus is gonna return. When he returns, all these other things are going to happen. So we're waiting expectantly. His coming's imminent. He could come at any time. The next event to happen is his return. It's inevitable. It will happen. Kind of like a wedding. Not that that's on my mind, but let's just say, for example, it will happen. His coming will happen. Are you ready? If you're here, you're not a follower of Jesus. Jesus will come. Are you ready? Have you responded to the gospel? Have you turned from sin and put your trust in Jesus Christ? God is so gracious. God doesn't welcome people who think they're good. God welcomes people who know they're bad. And they humble themselves, they say, please save me. I need you. If you don't know Christ, if you don't know Jesus, come. Repent and trust in Jesus. His arms are wide open to you. He will save you and show you compassion. He will come. Come to know him before he comes. So realizing, realizing that the end of the age could happen at any time We should act in a certain way, Christian. And I'll say Christian, but even specifying it, even more specifically, member of Cottonwood Bible Church. This is to all Christians, but especially if you're a member here, this is really directed at you, even more so. We should have a sense of urgency, and the four commands, because Jesus can return at any moment. So, what are the four commands? Well, Jesus will return. So, watch unto prayer, unto meaning for the purpose of. That's what the Greek word ace means, which is the word that he uses here. Based upon the fact that Jesus is coming soon, do this. He's coming. Be of sound mind or sensible. Therefore, be of sound judgment. Have an attitude of prudence. Given the different circumstances we might find ourselves, act appropriately or think in a level headed way. That's what the word means be of sound judgment. Think sensibly. And then another word he uses so that's one Greek word be of sound judgment. Another Greek word is be sober. Or stay alert. Contrast this with the wild, crazy living of the pagans that he talked about in verse 3. So be a sound mind or sensible. Be clear-headed, alert, clear. Have mental alertness. It's like when you have four or five cups of coffee in two hours, you're like aware. Take away the shaking part. But I tell you, it's, it's hard to be alert. The word comes from being sober, from not being intoxicated. It's hard to be attentive if you got a little buzz from the alcohol, right? It's hard to be attentive and alert and watching if you've smoked too much weed. And, and I'm, I'm not saying this in jest, I'm being serious. Because we take in these things and, and yet Peter's saying, be alert and attentive. Be level-headed. Be clear-headed. Watch. We need to be clear-minded and self-controlled for good, solid prayer. Because he says, be of sound judgment and sober for the purpose of prayer or unto prayer. The goal or the purpose of this urgent vigilance is prayers, it's actually plural. Vigilant in order to pray. You can even say vigilant unto prayer. You can put that down as the point. We must be prudent and vigilant so that we can pray. This is how we live in the present in light of the future. We're praying, we're watching, we're alert, and we're praying. Every opportunity, we're praying. Every situation, we pray. We have a realistic view of the world, and we're staying alert, and then we pray. Prayers. Where we cry out to God Seeing circumstances from His Perspective and asking for His Wisdom in all situations What situation do you find yourself in today? Pray It's like what Jesus told His disciples Remember in the garden He took Peter, James and John And He said Watch and pray So you will not enter into temptation pray watch be alert it's hard to do that when you're sleepy it's hard to do that when you're intoxicated he wants us to pray more effectively to pray more appropriately this should be our response when you read the daily news you hear about a political situation you're driving to work, driving home from work. You're reading to your kids. Uh, you're going grocery shopping. We're alert. We're attentive so we can pray. So, see, we have a future outlook. Because Jesus is going to return, we watch unto prayer. That's the first command. Second, show love. Verse 8. Above all, New American Standard says keep fervent in your love for one another. Um, Literally, it's actually be constant. That's a better translation. Or be persevering in your love. As we are prudent and serious, we take seriously loving each other within the Christian community. Friends, this kind of love is so important. We care for each other's needs with a growing sense of affection for them in spite of the offenses. Keep your love for one another constant. This should be above all, he says. Constant love must be maintained within the Christian community. And, and notice the reason that he gives. The next part of verse 8. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Constant love must be maintained within the Christian community in this local church. The reason is it covers or hides a multitude of sins in that it forgives. Love minimizes wrongs by refusing to take offense. One does not retaliate. You don't let things bother you. You just don't let things bother you. Mm, That's hard. We should be, we're willing to overlook each other's faults, which is hard. Especially when you don't see the world the way I see it. You see it in the wrong way. Oh, we don't think that way, do we? We can find numerous offenses with each other, real or imagined, can't we? Now, it's easy to just brush things aside as, well, these are sins committed against us. But you know what? This should apply to things that annoy or irritate us show love despite people's weaknesses and shortcomings see when love abounds within a local church small offenses and sometimes even larger ones are overlooked forgotten and or forgiven it should simply be part of our DNA as a church body it should be part of our DNA we should just let things go We're, we're learning about this in our Wednesday night study, changing your relationships and how the automatic reaction to judgmentalism, negativity, criticism. Notice what Peter's saying here. Have an eternal perspective. Jesus is going to return. We're looking forward to future grace and because we are we know the future, that should change the way we live. But we'll watch unto prayer and we'll show love. We'll let those idiotic, ridiculous offenses, let them go. And by the way, it's good for us to actually practice saying, I forgive you. Instead of merely saying, that's okay or no problem or doesn't matter, don't mention it. We probably should say the biblical words, Right? if this doesn't step on your toes wait till we look at the next verse command number three Jesus will return so display hospitality verse 9 be hospitable to one another without complaint hospitality within the Christian community and do it without grumbling or complaining or murmuring is what the word means yeah, actually, this could be the first way you display love for each other: is by showing hospitality. Show hospitality without resenting the time it takes or the expenses involved. It's not just merely towards visitors. It should happen, but the command is an action within the Christian community. We should be reaching out to each other, spending time with each other, challenging each other. Love finds its practical expression in showing hospitality toward each other. So it means you go beyond just a Sunday morning service, friends. We should be having people into our home and not just the people we want to be with, we should be regularly meeting in each other's homes, maybe for a cup of coffee, tea, play a game, a small meal. Dot, dot, dot. That's what hospitality is. Connecting with each other. Look, if we want to build as a church and grow and be a healthier church, we should watch unto prayer. We should show love and be hospitable to each other. Do we want to be a strong, healthy, God-glorifying church? We should be clear-headed and alert to pray. Show amazing love and be hospitable to each other. And then the fourth point, now this, this is really gonna step on our toes. We should use our gifts. That's the fourth one. Use your gift, not a gift or Gifts you might have more than one. You know, that, that is possible. Verse 10, as each one has received a gift, you're serving within the Christian community, possibly a second way you're loving within the believing community. Insofar as each one has received a charisma, that's the Greek word for gift, charisma, which comes from the word charis, which means grace God has shown grace to us in the Lord Jesus Christ by saving us amen amen by giving us the power to change amen amen and by giving us a gift to use to serve it's a gracious gift to be shared and must be passed on to others That's why Peter uses that word, charisma, gift. God has been so giving to us in Christ, right? He's given us grace. He's given us the Father, Christ. Christ has come, he's died, he's resurrected. Repent and trust in him. And now he gives us gift or gifts. So you Can be giving towards each other. We are agents, God's agents, God's hands, feet, eyes, ears, and passing on to each other this ministry. You're God's hands to each other. You're his mouth. You're his ears. Serve them. It's for their good. It's not to draw attention, but to benefit them out of the grace given to you. As each one has received a charisma, um, employ it in serving one another. And these are God given abilities carry out ministry within the Christian community gifts of grace using it and serving one another not necessarily natural abilities you might say well I have that natural ability no not necessarily is that connected to this it's a gift It's, it's an ability given by the spirits given to you The manner in which these gifts should proceed is using them, notice, he says, as the New American Standard says, good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The word actually means faithful. We are called to be faithful, trusted servants who are responsible to manage our gifts within God's household. In other words, the way we manage our gift or gifts is by using them. We're called to be faithful. Let me say something to you. Specifically, members, graciously say to you, if you as a member of Cottonwood Bible Church are not serving in some capacity at Cottonwood Bible Church, then you're not being a faithful steward of the gifts that God has given you. You're not. That's what Peter's saying. That's not Jim. I'm just a messenger. That's what Peter's saying. And, and notice the type of gifts. He says... The manifold or or the various or the diverse gifts, or excuse me, grace of God. Diverse grace. Uh, Various gifts. Uh, The gifts given to believers to build up and edify the church are diverse, they're various. We all have different gifts that God has given us. Find it, use it. That's what you've got to do. Well, where do I start? You might say. Start serving. Find an area and serve. Well, I signed up for the ministry opportunity. No. It goes beyond that, it goes way beyond that. I'm going to bring this up in just a moment. We're not just talking about general things. All of us are supposed to serve. All of us are supposed to give the gospel, right? All of us are supposed to give, like giving, supposed to give. All of us are supposed to be hospitable. But then some of us have that gift of generosity. Some of us have that certain speaking gift to teach. Some of us have that certain specific gift to evangelize. And notice what Peter does. Look at verse 11. There's two different kinds of gifts. Whoever speaks, as it were, the words of God. Whoever serves is by the strength which God supplies. There's two categories he gifts: Speaking gifts, serving gifts. The point, you should be speaking or serving. In the New Testament, there's five different lists given of spiritual gifts. Romans 12, we read that this morning. 1 Corinthians 12, it has two different lists. That's one, two. You have Ephesians chapter four, and then here. It doesn't just relegate it just to those. It's not just those things. And like I said, it's not just, well, I you know, I don't have to give evangelism, so I can't give somebody the gospel. Um, That's not how it works, friend. Everyone's supposed to give the gospel. Everyone's supposed to be giving. All of us are supposed to be teaching each other, right? We're all supposed to be teaching each other. What Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 and Colossians chapter 3. But we should welcome... A variety of ministries and ways to use our gifts. We should be willing to think outside the box. Are we willing to do that? How has God gifted you to minister in a specific way in this local church? How has he done that? If any, speak covers a variety of speaking gifts in order to build up the body Peter says to do it as one who's speaking the oracles or the very words of God so you treat this ministry of speaking seriously you take it seriously look if you have a speaking gift God calls you to use it do it If you at all believe that God has gifted you in some kind of speaking gift, then you should do it, else you are not glorifying God. Do you understand this? That's what he says. So all things will be done to the glory of God, the end of verse 11. And if you're not using your giftedness, you're not glorifying God. Do you see that? That's hard to take in. If any serves. These are serving or practical ministries. So you treat the ministry of serving seriously too. Drawing strength, he says, as by the strength which God supplies or provides. God bountifully or generously gives all we need to be able to utilize our gift or gifts within the body, this local church if you're a member here you should be serving using your gifts flat out hands down God is the source of all that he requires for true biblical successful Christian ministry he's the source you might say I I don't know I might mess it up don't worry about that God's the source of the power he will provide it for you he's responsible for your gifts He's the one who gave it to you for crying out loud. The words are His. His strength are His. It's all about God. It's not about you, and it's not about me. God will supply you with the necessary strength to do the task, whether it's ministering the Word of God or serving. We can rely on God. To provide us what is necessary to display that gift and to use that gift. So, if you have a serving gift, God calls you to use it. Do it. If you at all believe God has gifted you in some kind of serving gift, then you must do it, as you're not glorifying God. And and again, friends, it's just not signing up for the ministry opportunities. Can't can it go beyond that? Shouldn't it go beyond that? Notice what he says here towards the end of verse 11. So that, this is the purpose, which leads to this last point, all for God's glory, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The purpose for your speaking gifts or gifts, the purpose for your serving gift or gifts is that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, that is through his redemption. Once again, Peter's trying to get our thinking into the motivation, the gospel, God's grace to us, and the gospel is the motivation behind this. God has been so good to you in Christ, right? God's been so kind to you in Christ. So you can display that same kindness to each other by serving each other. By ministering to each other. And Peter's not merely giving you suggestions. God commands you through Peter to speak. Use your gifts. God commands you through Peter to serve. And listen, in every occasion of ministry, God's glory or His reputation is displayed or, or, or enhanced or glaringly revealed. In the instances, instances where we do not minister, God's glory is diminished. It's concealed. So there's, when we have attitudes of service, love, grace, ministry, that truly glorifies God. Being serious, alert, loving, hospitable, and serving, that glorifies God. He loves it. It puts his glory on display like a, a ring at a shop with a huge diamond on it just glaring. Oh, It's so bright from the sun, I can't, I walk by it and I have to to cover my hands because of the glare. That's what happens when you are ministering your gifts in the body. The glory of God is shining. If you as a member of Cottonwood Bible Church, if you're not serving in some capacity, you are not being a faithful steward. You're not a faithful steward who's glorifying God in this vital aspect of your life. Really, the vital aspect in the life of this church. Look at the list. Begin to serve. Ask, let me help you. Can I help you? Can I direct you? Can I guide you? That's what we looked at the first hour. Elders or pastors, we're here to help guide and teach. Let me help you to be guided to where you can serve, guided in where you can go. What gifts do you have? We are the church. Members, listen. You gotta own this thing, man. You gotta own this. We should not expect... Us as a church to grow if we're not willing to serve each other with our gifts. We will not grow. And I mean numerically. Because God will not be glorified. Take it and run with it. And I say this graciously to you. I say graciously to you that the complacency needs to stop you guys got to own this thing. This needs to stop. It needs to cease and let's move forward now. Now, I want, I want to be careful because take example, um, the gift of teaching. Well, I can't give a sermon. I'm not asking you to give a sermon. That'd be nice I get a Sunday off I'll admit that but maybe if you meet with someone one on one that's teaching friend you're teaching them that's just counseling that's what you're doing that's teaching now again we're not ta- I'm not talking about or Peter not talking about the things we're all commanded to do we're all commanded to teach each other in some way, shape, or form. We're all commanded to give the gospel. Hey, well, I'm part of serving my cleaning the church building. Okay, maybe you have the gift of service. But think outside the box. Can't it go beyond that? Here's another important point. What if you can't serve? What can you do? You can pray. Like what does Ann do? You know how hard it is for her to as I'm preaching, and, and, and she's looking at this, she's saying, I, "I wish I could serve. I can't. I can't even get out of bed. What does she, what does she do? She serves you by praying for you. You know that? I'm convinced. The only reason why we've been able to survive such a tumultuous time of the past decade is because Anne has been praying. Her and others of you have been praying. Pray these four different aspects. Pray for us to stay, for us as a church to stay faithful, pure, godly, gospel focused, etc., etc. notice what peter does the end of verse 11 to whom belongs the glory and power forever and ever whether this is directed to god which is more likely or to jesus christ that doesn't matter he's stating a fact not a wish god's gonna be glorified all strength all power all glory belongs to god and then he says amen amen which means an affirmation. Yes. So can you say amen with me? Amen. Yes. Okay. Can you say amen because you will begin to love and serve the body? Can you say amen to that? Can you say amen because you'll begin to use your speaking gift or gifts Can you say amen because you'll begin to use your serving gift or gifts? Can you say amen because you'll begin to watch unto prayer? Because you'll begin to love and let go of those offenses? Because you'll begin to show hospitality instead of being selfish with your time and money? See, when we get practical, toes get stepped on, huh? Hard things to look at. You're the church, not me. We are the church together. Members, you got to own this. Let's move forward. Let's move forward. Father, help us. Encourage us. We pray when you were encouraged from your word and, and hearts pricked, convicted. And even in the midst of that, help me, help us. Help us to not be judging, critical, but instead to have such joy. Here are the members, 40 of us. Take us and use us shine your glory in us we're waiting for you Jesus to come so we want to we want to be attentive so we can pray we want to show love because it covers those offenses we want to be hospitable without murmuring over what can happen and we want to use our gift or gifts in all things, as Peter says, so that in all things, you, O God, will be glorified. Take some time, think, pray, ponder on what we've seen in these few verses this morning, and after some time, we'll do our um, our worship of giving. Sing in our last two songs and closing prayer. But ponder, think about what Peter has told us, what God has told us in his word this morning. Let's stand, let's sing, I am his and he is mine. Love with everlasting love, led by grace that love to know. Gracious spirit from above, thou hast taught me, it is so. What great love you have for us, Lord Jesus. What great love you've displayed for us, Father, in the Lord Jesus Christ, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the motivation. That's the drive for us to show this love to each other. Hospitality, praying for each other. Staying alert, level-headed, And you Father using us with the gifts that Christ has given to his church his people to be your hands, your feet, your eyes and your ears to minister to each other to serve one another whether it's speaking or serving so do that in us and build us as a church grow us in Christ Grow us numerically that we may be strong, even more healthy, healthier as a church so we can be a shining diamond in the small city of Cottonwood and the Verde Valley and even here in northern Arizona. Amen.